0: Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher. Today we are on podcast 165 and we are talking about temptation. Which, by the way, the word in the New Testament is, temp- to be tempted is, it's like going through a trial, it's, the word means approving, could be a trial of Fidelity, faithfulness, could be a trial of integrity, could be a testing time. Yeah, that's what we're going to be looking at today. And we're looking at uh, Jesus' temptation and see what we can learn from that. Because it's one of the very first things that happens to Jesus after he begins, actually, it's just before he begins his ministry, it's before he begins his teaching ministry, his outreach. He has, let me set the context for you because we're in Matthew's gospel. He's been baptized. Well, that, that initiated everything really. He's absolutely fully committed to following his Father's will. And before he starts to teach, before he gathers his disciples, before any healing or miracles, we find him led into the desert, into the wilderness, where he's basically tempted to take control and not trust God. So before he even begins the teaching, he goes through this great trial where everything sort of comes into question And the bottom line is, are you sure? Are you sure God can be trusted? Now, when we speak about temptation, or even this, I like the metaphor of being in the desert. Um, When we speak about temptation, this is a common, common, universal experience of all ages, of all people. Every, Every one of us has and will go through times of challenge and suffering and grief and loss. And when that happens, we're going to be tempted to doubt God and wonder if God is good. Every one of us will experience the wilderness in the sense of you're at a place in your life where you feel it's barren and dry and lonely. And Even though we're not going to be tempted or tested in exactly the same way as Jesus, we certainly will be tempted. Now, like I said, we're not going to be tempted the way Jesus was tempted because we don't even have the power to do what he was tempted to do. But I will mention, I will give you one of the temptations of Jesus. I won't go into them all, but I will mention that when he was in the desert, Matthew tells us that, Uh, the devil comes along and says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, if, if you are the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into bread? In other words, he's saying, look, here you are in the desert. You said you were going to fast for 40 days. You said you were going to seek God for 40 days come on you're tired you're hungry this is hard if you truly are who you say you are if you truly are God's son why don't you use your power turn the stones into bread and then you won't have to suffer anymore right a reasonable a reasonable temptation isn't it now By the way, I think all temptations sound quite reasonable to us because if they weren't, they wouldn't really be very good temptations, would they? You know what I'm saying? Any time we're tempted to do something or not do something, we usually have a good reason why we should or why we shouldn't. That's what makes temptation a tricky thing. Um... I think that any time of suffering or desert experience or temptation experience shows us something about ourselves. And it really shows us our weaknesses. It certainly doesn't give God any new information. Our times of challenge or trial or suffering or temptation... Don't give God any insight into anything because God doesn't need any insight, right? But we do. And I think that what trials do or tribulations or temptations, they show us something about ourselves. If we take the time to reflect on it, times of temptation will show us what we want, what we need, what we desire. And it can come out in any time. You know, it can come out during times of transition. We can be in a weakened state. Times of change. We're in a weakened state. Uh, Times of grief. Show us something about ourselves. Uh, Times where we feel blocked and held back. Yes, you can get insight into yourself. Times where you feel restricted. Like, yeah, I think I really am in a desert experience and I hate it and I want out out now. Or yes, I do think I'm going through a, a time of temptation. I think I'm doubting God. I think I'm despairing. I think I'm thinking this world's even crazier than usual. Yeah, all these things can give us insight into ourselves, And not just insight, the scripture says. Ultimately, they can be used, or God can use them to strengthen us. Yeah, and it was the same with Adam and Eve. Same with Adam and Eve. We can learn. Actually, if you read Jesus' temptation and you read Genesis, Adam and Eve's temptation... Um, they should probably be read together because um, where Adam and Eve decide to go off on their own and fix their own problems, uh, Jesus decides to not do it that way. And so he's our model. But when we look at Jesus' temptation in the desert, and Adam and Eve, they give us insight into temptation in our own lives. Now, I need to add here that temptation is not always about doing something wrong. Right? Uh, many times, temptation is not about deliberately going out and doing something wrong. It could just as easily be avoidance. Many times we're held back emotionally and spiritually, not because we're doing something wrong, it's because we're not doing something that we know we should do, right? We're avoiding something. We're avoiding looking at reality as it is, or we're avoiding a necessary change that needs to take place. Um, Many times people have said to me, Oh, I really think I need to make some changes to my spiritual life. I I think there's a lack here. I think I need to do something about that. And yet they don't, you know? And the years pass and other priorities take over. And they never really address that lack, that spiritual lack. Well, that's a temptation. That's like a giving into temptation. So it's not always about, you know, we think of temptation. People might think of, you know, having affairs or um, stealing money or drugs or whatever. But it's not necessarily things like that. It could just as easily be something far more subtle, but just as deadly in a way of not doing what you know you really have been led to do. So back to Jesus and his first temptation. I said he'd just begun his ministry. He's been baptized. So there he is, heart and mind set on following the will of his heavenly father. And then right at the beginning, this temptation comes. Right at the start, when the intention is set, the struggle is at its peak. Now, there's something about that, that temptation has cycles in our lives. It has peaks, highs, and lows. Um, and, And I think, too, there's something about setting an intention toward making a good change in your life. And you have the intention of doing it that can set off the struggle, too, of temptation. So for Jesus, it was, you know, if you're the son, command these stones to become loaves. Now, again, we're not going to have that temptation. But for Jesus, he's invited to turn away from his trust in God. In other words, God's not going to help you here. You're going to have to help yourself. You need to go solo, Jesus. Jesus. You need to be self-sufficient. You can do this. That's the temptation, or a part of the temptation. You can do it. You can. You can get through this by yourself. Just, just take the take the stones, turn them into bread. You know how to do it. If you're truly who you say you are, you can do this. So it's a temptation that, at some level, for Jesus, it is about. I don't think God's going to be able to help you here, so you're going to have to work this out for yourself. You're hungry and you're tired. Or, I wonder if God can truly be trusted. Here you are in this desert, and uh, it's really hard. You could make this easy on yourself by doing this. You know, you could be self-sufficient here and work this out. And you know, self-sufficiency at some level was uh, Adam and Eve's problem too. It's it, this this theme sort of comes up in the Genesis passage. We can do this ourselves. You remember what happened in the first temptation story? Adam and Eve are in paradise; they have everything they need. And God says, "Help yourself. Enjoy. Don't." eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil in other words that particular tree isn't going to help you and it's not what you need and of course the story goes that's the one that they want that's the one that they want the temptation for Adam and Eve is the tempter comes along and says really you're not going to eat from that tree oh well let me tell you God's holding out on you God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because you'll be like God. So the doubt is placed in Eve and Adam's mind. Maybe that tree is good and maybe it would help us and maybe God's lying to us. And so she takes the fruit, she eats it and she gives some to Adam and he eats it. Yeah, fascinating, isn't it? Because even in paradise, there they are, lives of peace and plenty and yet even in paradise they're they're a bit insecure. They're a bit incomplete. They're thinking, well, maybe that special tree has something that we really need and 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 maybe God's holding out on us. I think we better just move on here and help ourselves isn't that fascinating that at some level we're born with this sort of doubting quality can God be trusted really is God really good is God really good and then Adam and Eve is like nah maybe not I better better take this fruit. Let's look after ourselves here. You know, uh, Blaise Pascal once described this condition of humanity as having a God-shaped hole. It's like there's something missing and I think I'm the only one that can fix it. So I think I need to go after that apple. Yeah. See, the difference between Adam and Eve and Jesus is, is, that Adam and Eve try and fill the gap by themselves. I need this to be complete. We need this fruit. We need to fill this hunger. We need to fill this desire. We need to fill this need all by ourselves. Let's take it. Let's go for it. What is Jesus In his temptation experience, he does the reversal. He refuses to fill that gap, that emptiness, except through his relationship with his heavenly father. It's like, for Jesus, it's like, yeah, you know what? That bread's not going to be enough. He sees through the illusion so for Jesus, the tempter says, why don't you just take the stone, make it bread and eat it and then you'll be fine. And he's going, no, actually I won't be fine because what will happen is I would uh, take the stone, I'd make it into bread and then I, would, then I would eat it and then I'd be fine for a little while and then I'd be hungry again and then I'd be back at square one. So I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. You see, he sees through the illusion that somehow... We can be complete and have all our needs met without God. Yeah. From the beginning, people have been and are incomplete, insufficient, and insecure. Now, it's a matter of, okay, if that's the way it is, How will I live? If I am incomplete, insufficient, and insecure, how am I going to find security? When am I going to find sufficiency? And when am I going to be, how am I going to get this completeness that I long for? And much of the time, like Adam and Eve, we can get caught up in this illusion, really, that, well, I think I can do this on my own. So Eve makes a grab for the fruit on the tree that she was told to leave alone. You know, it's like, well, what do you grab for? Hmm? What do you really, really try to secure that you need by yourself? It's like, Eve, why would you even do that? Is she frightened that she's going to miss out on something good? I think so, yeah. Is she frightened that maybe God's holding out on her? I think so. I think so. I think it's the plight of being a human. I don't know if God's good. And, and I think in our better moments, um, we know that God is good and then we can fall into trust, which is a delightful thing. Yeah, it's like Jesus said, why would, why would God hold out on you? <laughs> why would God do that, right? If you want something, ask. Why would a God who loves you so completely withhold something from you? Why would you blame everything wrong in the world and in your life on a God who only loves you? That never changes. Never. Never. Yeah. Nothing but love. It seems like insecurity and our fear can powerfully influence and lead us. As well as desires. Of course, desires do. And needs of various kinds. Um, and they're not all bad. Right? We People are a mix. But you know, the spirit of God is always leading us to that place of trust. And trust acknowledges our need. And trust acknowledges that God-spaced gap that Pascal spoke of. Because there's some things we're never going to be able to do by ourselves, ever. It's not set up that way. It's not set up that way. We were kind of set up to look to, well, to be in partnership. There's a other way of talking about it. We were created to be in partnership with God. So it's best not to go off by ourselves before we make a big decision or before we begin something new or before we have that difficult conversation. Maybe I should be checking in with my partner. Right? What is leading me? It's like, Adam, what was leading you? Why did you take the fruit? Eve, who was leading you? You know, or what was leading you? How many people have entered marriages or partnerships led by loneliness rather than just stepping back Assessing in the light of God, trusting. Is this the right one? Is this the right time? Checking in. How many people have chosen employment or careers or business ventures or investments and homes and major decisions that impact years and years and years of your life, and God's an afterthought? No, that's a temptation. That is a temptation. You know, we can waste years, years putting time and energy into someone or something that we've never been called to do. That's a temptation. Finding direction and leading has to be more than an emotional response. Don't you think? Right? Our emotions go up and down all the time. We need something more stable. And not that emotions are bad, they're good, but still, we need something a little bit more stable than the ups and downs of our feelings, something more solid, something that can withstand the ups and downs of life, especially when we're in these desert experiences. Yeah, they show us desert experiences ultimately show us who we depend on or what we depend on. And, you know, if we're not depending on God, we we quickly, we quickly sense that, don't we? Because we, we begin to falter very, very quickly. It's like, uh, I was just reminded this morning when I, I was reading from, uh, I was reminded of a passage from James that yeah, he said, uh, you know, I've never quite, I've never really quite uh, understood this passage. But James is like, yeah, consider it joy when you, when you, when you go through all sorts of trials and temptations, because ultimately, it's going to make you stronger, you know. I always skipped through that verse in the past, but I think it's, I think maybe what he's getting at, James is saying, is that. When you go through a trial or a temptation or a challenge and ultimately you come to the place where you say, God, you t- truly, you're the only one, you're the only hope. Uh, we're falling into that place of trust. And I think that's why James could say, consider it joy. Consider it joy. Consider it joy when you fall into, that place of trust. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry, God, when we're in the desert, when we're in these desert experiences. Help us, like Jesus, to fall headlong into that place of trust. The prayer and the heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.